Blog Talk Radio. Talk Radio. This is that feeling that you get right before you pull into the water box or right after you do your burnout. Check them straps. Roll your neck a little bit. Take a couple deep breaths. You're bumping it in. And you let go. Well, it's the top of the bottom and you know you crushed it. You get the 500 foot out. You start beating the pedal out of that thing. You get to the finish line. You knock on the drop on. Whatever you do. <laughs> this is that feeling right here. Comments or opinions stated, expressed, or implied are not necessarily those of Wheels Up Radio or its sponsors. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Well, happy Monday night, everyone. Hope you all had a great weekend. Um, as I'm sure you know, I have been on vacation. I took a nice little seven-day cruise to the Bahamas with my wife and my son. Uh, so to say I have no clue what happened this past weekend would be probably pretty damn close to the understatement of the year. So with that being said, I'm, Kelly's going to have to kind of Coach me through the show a little bit as to what went down this weekend, because I didn't get home till Sunday. Um, but then here we are, just like always, and it's a Wheels Up Radio weekend wrap-up show presented by Silphie's Automotive and Race Engines. Um, it's getting to be crunch time. It, it hit me last night when I was putting the, uh, the show together for tonight that there's only two national events left. We are... Uh, we're getting down to uh, championship planning. Are you going to travel? Are you just going to say, well, it is what it is, and I'm going to ride it out and see what happens? You know, people are trying to figure out what they need to do, and we're going to talk about that much, much more tonight. And we have all the results from this past weekend. So we are so happy and glad and just plain overwhelmed that you are able to join us tonight. With that being said, let me introduce my my other right-hand lady, Kelly Barbado. Yes, welcome back. Welcome, everybody out there listening. You know, I'm sure you're not the only one that came back from vacation yesterday, and I'm sure you're not the only one that has no idea what ran this weekend anywhere in the United States. <laughs> you know what? If that's the case, this show is for you. We are here to serve you. We're like politicians, but we're good politicians. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. So I need to hear your, um, your how is Atlanta? Because I know that was only a very small part, but is that place out of control or what? We actually scratched Atlantis off our list just because of how ridiculously expensive it would have been for the three of us to go. Um, 
we did what this place in um, Nassau called the Blue Lagoon. We rolled up to the dock with the cruise ship, got off the boat, and went on to this little ferry that takes you out there. It was like a 20-minute ride each way. Um, but rolling in at, I think it was about 5.30, 6 o'clock, um, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Thursday morning, Thursday morning, um, and seeing it lit up at night, and then it was, well, the cool thing was, was that the guy who was um, the captain of the ferry boat, you know, gave you the whole spiel of everything that went on, and that bridge that connects the uh, the two buildings um, at the Atlantis uh, Resort was a custom-built, designed specifically for uh, Michael Jackson residents, and um, obviously Michael Jackson no longer with us. Um, they rented out for the measly sum of twenty-five thousand dollars a night. Mm-hmm. Four-night minimum. Well, how much is it now? Twenty-five grand. Okay. The fun thing. I when I was there. You're cutting in and out, kid. Oh. Well, can you hear me? How about now? I can hear you now. I can't hear you now. Turn to your left. I left. Oh my god, it's like There you go. See it worked. How's this? Oh, there we go. Perfect. This is interesting. This is my my headset that had been working. But anyway, um no, it's funny because I was there for the first time over fifteen years ago. And yep. I went there and I went there for my high school graduation. That was like my gift from my parents. So at that time, it was 25 grand. And I believe a couple years later when I went back for to surprise my dad for his 50th birthday, it was still 25 grand. So you have to admit, it hasn't increased with inflation. Yeah, your high school graduation was a long time ago, so. Yeah, thanks. But, you know, I mean, that, <laughs> that's now like Oprah stays in it and stuff. And like, I love it. So it is like a four, it's four day minimum or yeah, four, four night minimum. Plus I believe there is a pretty long waiting list. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, I'm going on vacation. Is, Where are you going now? We're going to go stay at the Michael Jackson custom design penthouse yeah. suite house yeah. thing. But it was cool because that, you know, we went by there, the guy talked all about that and everything. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, showed us where Oprah Winfrey's house is, Michael Jordan, Beyonce, and uh, uh, whatever uh, whatever her boy, boyfriend or husband's mm-hmm. name is. And Jay Z, um, there we go. It was, you know, Oprah's got two houses one for her and one for her boyfriend or husband, whatever he is this week. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it was it was a it was a great time. The whole thing was just a, very very impressive. If you've never been on a cruise, I highly recommend it. This is one of the last few things on our bucket list, and um, we were able to do it, and we absolutely had a blast. All three of us again, me, my wife, and um, Elijah went, and seven days, perfect amount of time. 
Um, got to see mm-hmm. everything. Got to go to Florida. I got to totally geek out because we were right next to Kennedy Space Center at Port Canaveral. And um, I just had a great time. It was about Tuesday, we both kind of looked at each other and said, oh, my neck is relaxing. That, like, permanent stress headache is gone. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. And, of course, my amazing team pulled off another great week of uh, shows. You know, obviously you last Monday night and uh, Rob, Bob, Mike, um, talking with Alan Reinhardt on Wednesday. So thank you guys very much for everything that you do. I only say that about a million times, but it's all from the heart. Well, you've assembled the A-team of Wheels Up Radio, so. Yep. This is Mm -hmm. true. We We are the best of the best of what we do. So, because he got to drive a Corvette. Who did? I didn't. Faith. No, I I'm. Drive, if, I gotta if, drive a Corvette. If I we're drive a Corvette. the, 18, I drive. I was in one last night. <laughs> I drove one to dinner. <laughs> but on the 18th, <laughs> Faith had one. <laughs> That actually, Don tried to, had a white Corvette like faces and was gonna have put the red stripe on it, but I guess he sold it beforehand. But the the only thing I want to say is, why the hell was it seventy one degrees in New York City yesterday when we got off the boat, and I got home to New Hampshire and it was eighty six. Eighty six degrees in New Hampshire. That's impressive. Yes. No, I mean. As I said last week, it this has been – it's it's sort of bittersweet because it's still nice out, and I've heard, like, some of the tracks, like, doing, like, testing tunes and stuff have been mobbed. And we'll get to results that, you know, we had a big money footbreak race at Maple Grove locally, and it had a pretty decent turnout, and I believe it was probably for this great weather. So – Yeah. But – and that was great if you want to race. If you're someone like me who's out of dot ninety races, not planning on going south or whatever, these past couple weeks in the Northeast have been awesome to winterize because usually you're winterizing your motorhome or you're cleaning things and you're shivering or you're just trying to like throw them in the trailer and you just figure I'll figure it out in the spring. Well, it's been really nice out, so I've been cleaning everything. Like the golf cart is cleaned and covered. The solstice is cleaned and covered. The doors are off the cars. I clean, like, the wheel, like, the um, front ends of the cars and all the removable pieces and put them in the tr- garage, you know, put put the cars themselves in the garage. And it's just been nice and it's been warm, so you don't mind doing it. But, you know, usually I'm shivering and I'm just like, I don't give a crap. Throw them in the trailer, throw the door up, get us in the garage where it's nice and warm, you know. So it, I will say that has been a nice thing, and I'm sure in the spring I will thank myself for my diligence right now. But yeah, but I, I, I got a feeling sure. in about a month we're going to get our ass kicked. I, I worry about that too, um, especially yeah. Luckily, I, I have an SUV, a laptop, and a plow. But you just hope if you have the weekends, you have something planned. Like you don't want it. You don't want to get snowed in at the D1 banquet unless you're already there. Then it doesn't matter. And right. you know we had dot ninety banquet a couple years years ago that was very uh, low attendance because of a snowstorm. 
So that that kind of sucks. But you know, other than that, uh, yeah, you just. And speaking of uh, the Mid-Atlantic Dot 90 Association, I spoke with uh, the hardest working man in Doll of Dot 90 Racing, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Rob Keister, last night. Um, in 2018, Wheels Up Radio is going to throw into E-Trace for Super Street uh, 25 bucks to the best losing package. And uh, I will see what my finances look like at the end of the year. I might even do something to, like, average them out. Whoever got the most um, at the end of the year wins something. So. Yes, that you have no luck reward. Maybe give them a nice um, horseshoe <laughs> because obviously they need one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but maybe we can, I can get Amanda Boychesco to loan me uh, that, that horseshoe she was wearing for a while. Yeah, yeah I'm hoping she, she's got one more weekend. I'm hoping that horseshoe stays firmly planted up her booty um, because – yeah, we got one more race for her, and a lot of the Division One guys. So basically, unless you're in a class that has a Kenny in it, uh, um, i.e. Jason, um, you're pretty much going to be wrapped up by the end of next weekend, and we'll probably be discussing the results. But we know that the Kennys usually go uh, west, and we try to go after those seven and eight round races, and you know that's. That's what uh that's what they it's a great strategy if you can do it. So sure uh after that, you know, Star Super Street will be pretty much settled after next weekend and a lot of the other classes if they're not already. Um I didn't see of anybody else clinching any more championships besides last weekend at Georgia, but um yeah, we're get, we're getting close. We're getting very very cool. very close. Awesome. Well, why don't we do this? Let us partake in a quick break and we'll come back okay. and uh do a little results we shall return okay. in just a moment though founded in 1968 sassy racing engines your supercharged hemi superstore has become the preeminent builder of not only hemi tractor pulling engines but drag racing engines as well their engines have won over 40 ntpa pro pulling league championships including the 2014 East Coast Pro Comp Association Drag Racing Championship. Can't find what you're looking for? Be sure to check out their large inventory at www.sassyracingengines.com or give the shop a call at 603-529-2814. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. That's right, Kelly. You are good enough. You are smart enough. And doggone it, we like you. We like you so much that we're going to do some results. We are. That sounds swell. We are. That's very special. That's very special. All right. Since you have no idea what what happened. I'm clueless. Even more than normal. We start in the Midwest. We're going to start the, the Division Three race at Gateway Motorsports Park. This was actually a race that got postponed to um, this this past weekend. Um, I believe it was it was kind of earlier in the year, if I remember correctly. Um, but it got is that the now. one where it was hotter than the, hotter than the third level of hell? Um, 
You know what? I think it was a heat thing. Yeah, I don't think it was a rain thing. I think it was the heat thing. You're right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I I, I do know um, they were trying to get it done by Saturday. And I, I can't tell because it says Sunday's results, but it looks like there's nothing on Saturday. So I'm thinking that's just a typo. So they must have gotten it done on Saturday or, you know, pretty dang close. Um, so let's start at top alcohol dragster. Robin Samsel over Christine Chambliss. Top alcohol funny card, Tony Bogolo over Ray Drew. What did Ray do? Oh, never mind. Um, Complimentary Troy Galbraith over Bruno Massel. Yep, that Bruno Massel. Um, Superstock Tyler Kahili over Mike Stokes. Stock Eliminator Brett Spear over Russ Spear. Well, ain't that special. Just beat the crap out of each other. Just a family deal there. Um, Super Comp Rock Haas over friend of the show Phil Snita. Um, Super Yes Jeff Webb over Rodney Benson. Super Street, David Ray over Brian Horton. Top Sportsman, Mark McDonald over Scott Haas. Uh, top Dragster, Matt Sackman over Danny Nelson. And your shootout race winners, um, Super Comp Shootout, Joey Fruitstring over Tyler Kahili. Super Guest, Steve Hoyt over Derek Denny. And Super Street Shootout, Matt Ball over Brandon Berkschneider. And number one qualifiers, top alcohol dragster, Marty Thacker, funny car, Kurt Williams. Complimentator, Bruno Massel again, 84 under. That's just out of control. Um, super And, oh, there's a couple more. I'm sorry. Stuck, Chuck Dowling, uh, 110 under. Top sportsman, Lester Johnson, 605. Yes, that's a top sportsman car going almost in Five. And top dragster, Tom Elliott, six flat with a four for your number one qualifier. So, again, Division Three. We were just talking about Division Three the other day um, with some friends of mine, and we were talking about we want to go out and race there, but the other thing is to watch top dragster and top sportsmen out there has got to be crazy. All righty then. Well, they say they got the fastest in the country, so. And they ain't lying. Very true. Okay. So, let's Alrighty. go down south a little bit. Hang a, hang a left down. We're traveling down south. We're going to go to Dinwiddie, Virginia for the last PDRA race of the year. Um, start with Pro Nitrous. Lizzie Musi over Tommy Franklin. Extreme Pro Stock, John Montecalvo over Kerry Goforth. Dream, Terry Leggett over Mattias Wolken. Um, Pro Extreme Motorcycle, Brad McCoy over Terry Schweigert. Andy McCoy Race Products Pro Boost, Jose Gonzalez over Eric Dillard. Extreme Outlaw 632, Dylan Boss over Ken Cortico. Um, Outlaw 10-5, Mike Decker Jr. over John Carinci. Um, 
Top Sportsman Elite 16, Henry Underwood over Matt Smith. Yes, it is the Matt Smith that runs Pro Stock Motorcycle running Top Sportsman. Now, there were like over 100, if I remember correctly, I think it said over 100 Top Sportsman cars. So they made another like Top 32 <laughs> race. For, yeah, I know. My God. Where are they at NHRA races? But I digress. Um, so there's a Top Sportsman 32 race. Lewis um, Umet over David Whedon. Top Dragster, Matt Cook over Chase Beverly. Campers in RV Pro Junior Dragster, Tyler Rudolph over Dalton Hayes. Megacorp Top Junior Dragster, Kaylee Love over Braden Davis. Um, and the Edelbrock back, Bracket Bash, which is basically, I believe, just anybody who didn't qualify in any of these other races is Bracket Bash. Manny Teeth Seal. And the um, 2018 PDRA Tour already has got a, the first race scheduled. It's at Galat Motorsports Park. Um, and it's going to be the PDRA East Coast Spring Nationals April 5th through the 7th. Wow. And I talked to our, our PDRA friend, of course, the one, the only, the uh, outrageous Lee Sebring, and told him you guys got to come up to the Northeast. Like I am. Believe me, I would love it. Yeah, I think come up around. here, and I some some guys will, some guys will feel like they're driving zambonis. I think, but 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 just cruising along. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's uh. So. It's really nice. I'm sure there's some tracks around here. I mean, I remember when ADRL was um big. I know they came to Maple Grove at least once, maybe twice. So I'm sure it's just a matter of getting, you know, some people, you know, getting some people. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are from north, the north that come down there. So it's just probably getting a track to, you know, work a deal out, to be perfectly honest. And, you know, it's I, I, I wonder if that was part of IHRA, and I'm not comparing IHRA to PDRA. There's a lot of good in PDRA and I don't think that IHRA, that PDRA is heading down IHRA's path, but I feel like maybe IHRA wouldn't have had the issue if they could have gone to more, you know, expanded a little bit more, you know, up the East Coast a little bit. I mean, the closest right. for us, I would have been MIR, so we keep trying to get to MIR, and it just never really worked out in our plans, and now it's just not going to be in our plans for now. Well, I mean, think about it. Most of the tracks in our area are set up four eighth mile because of um, Junior Dragster. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. No, I mean, it's it's very easy. I mean, it's just I, and I'm not really sure. Maybe that's a Lee question. You know, I don't know how much he knows of like the negotiations and stuff. Is it a track rental fee? You know, how does that work? And, you know, right. it's obviously I'm assuming it brings a crowd. I know it brings racers, but I think it's one of those, it's crowd and racer friendly kind of organization. I think you're right. I mean, I've seen the pictures, you know, how do we gently put this? There's a lot of friggin' people there. Oh yeah. No, it's it's so. it's true. I mean, doesn't matter. 
I mean, well, I mean, I guess we talked about, like, sometimes they're all in the starting line, but they're not in the stands. But, I mean, it sounds like they're <laughs> in the stands. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's just good racing. I mean, and it's, it's stuff. Okay, there's a lot of classes, but, I mean, I think a casual fan still knows that the first to the finish is going to win the race. I don't think they need to know the intricacies. Now, I think that's sometimes where frag racing can can have issues with a, with a fan. But then I also think that it just comes down to explaining it. And it's just right. like you know, what you guys, what you do with Tanya. You explain it to her, you put her in the right place to watch it, and she totally gets it now. Yeah. Well, and it seems, I mean, obviously any sanctioning body can have just one of those days where anything that could blow up in your face does, but they have a lot of classes, like you said, but it's going, 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 you know, and it could, maybe that could help serve this ADD, ADHD society that we live in also. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that crap's going to happen. I mean, I heard, I, I, you know, ACO had a pretty rough day yesterday. I believe it was um, some grudge racing, no time stuff. And there was some accidents. And I guess in some of these cases, you get a lot, you do get, you know, some crashes and things like that. And I guess, is, yeah, ADHD, I don't know how the crowd's going to react to that. Maybe since it's day's eighth mile, maybe there's less of that, and maybe it holds their attention. I'm not I'm not really sure. I mean, obviously PDRA has a very good recipe right now, and it's just a matter of, you know, can can they grow? And can go to – I mean, is it – I mean, I don't even really – they really don't go west much, do they? No. Like, they don't go to, like, a Vegas or anything. It's very, like, nope. localized. It is. It's very um, southern mid-Atlantic-ish. Mm -hmm. Maybe and to the west a little bit more. You know, Tennessee and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, there. I think, and there. I mean, the PDRA itself is based out of um, North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte. Yeah. And you know what? You always wonder if in the beginning, if that is, you know, what you do, is that a good recipe? Do you keep it very close? You know, most of the races are within, let's say a thousand mile radius or not even a thousand, like a 500 mile radius or whatever the rate, you know, however big it is. And you get that, you get that crowd and you get them to come to all these races and become dedicated. And then you hear people like us, like, what is this? We kind of want to try this. What's this? And then maybe you get the people, you know, you can get them to slowly come, but you already have that dedicated group of racers that will pretty much travel wherever you go. Maybe, maybe this is how it was, you know, maybe this was the plan all along and like slowly maybe you get to like a Maple Grove and then maybe you get out to a Vegas or something, you know, and you start to crawl out, you know, but for what it is right now, you know, I don't know if it was even looks to growing, you know? You don't know that either. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot like the NMCA thing. You know, they just kind of seem to creep in a little bit. You know, now they're on the East Coast. And, you know, I would love to see an NMCA, NMRA-style race, you know, mm -hmm. either at Lebanon Valley, New England Dragway. You know, mm -hmm. it sure as hell can hurt. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, 
really what I was, I mean, the only thing I was really going to say is that up here, it does seem like it, the outlaw stuff is popular down south. I will say up here, the index craze is going crazy. And I'm not sure if that necessarily is traveling. I mean, I think I always assume that, like, sometimes in some cases, like, there's always something, you know, the same, you know, obviously super streets are all over the country. But, like, 1150 index, like, is that as popular in other areas of the country as it seems to be here? I mean, we have 1150. I mean, like, we've talked to Dana Lafredo, and she won again this weekend. I think she could probably have a pretty healthy schedule, have no social life whatsoever in the summertime, but have a pretty good racing schedule and just run 10-0 index and stay probably from as north as maybe English Town to maybe as south as Cecil County and probably race almost every weekend. So, I mean, maybe it is just a it's a location-based thing. And maybe if you moved, you know, pro-extreme nitrous up here, I don't know if it would get the same group of, you know, would it get the same crowd? Would it get the same cars? Really? Right. And, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out even more now that there's been those big changes in um, Yellow Bullet for next year. Yeah, and that is a shame because I honestly, I mean, again, with Dana, you know, she's won that race multiple times, and it would be really cool for her to win it again. And unfortunately, every all the index classes are gone except for 850. Their 1150 was gone. I don't even think they ran it this year. And 10 was gone now. And it's a shame because I, I, I believe ProDial is even gone. So it's tough because, I hey, I was hoping to race it one day with my 1150 car. I just took way too long to build it and just starting the build now. So it's, you know, it's, it's a shame for those guys. But, again, they can – I'm sure another racetrack will just put another race on top and say, wow, there's all these guys that always want to go down there. I'll have a I'll have an index race that on Labor Day weekend. Really, you know, I I think that's going to be kind of the deal. I think there's enough of them to entice them enough, you know, to just another location that's probably not that as you know not that far away. Yep. Yeah, invite all those classes that got dumped and say, all right, come on over nice. here. We'll mm-hmm. have we'll make it worth your while. Yeah. You know, more than likely mm-hmm. you'll take a bath the first time, but if you can get at least get it out there. And say, look, mm-hmm. this is what if you if you guy, you know, the the whole cliche in baseball, you know, if you build it, they'll come. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, and I and you know, I, you know, I do so. hope that some of these other PDRA, because I mean, I don't know if there's even a class for me in PDRA, but like an NMCA or something, you know, there's like the open comp classes and the bracket bashes, and maybe you know, and if they add like an, you know, some of them have index and things like that, it's like. It would be nice to entice them to come toward you know to us because really for us right now NHRA is the only game in town unless you want to run brackets or index. You know, a person down south up until this year with IHRA, I mean, you know, they had IHRA before and they still do if they want to just run brackets. But you know, you have PDRA, you have you know NMCA, you have you know you have a you know NHRA and IHRA, you have. A lot, of, and then just the outlaw stuff and the big money stuff. All the big money stuff down south. So you're in Division Two, man. Dang. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We don't yeah. get these choices up here. Uh, they do all the fun stuff. 
In the longest All right, well, listen. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got to go, how far are you from the Mason-Dixon line? You're right. You're not too awful far from it. No, we're not. It's just cold. <laughs> right. All right, let's grab a break, and we'll come back with some more results. We shall return. Are you looking for reliable auto repair, a place that genuinely is invested in your auto care experience? Southern New Hampshire Undercar has you covered, from basic auto repair and maintenance to custom exhaust work. Owner Dan Christopher has been in the auto business for over 20 years. You can look them up online at southernnewhampshireundercar.com or give them a call at 603-329-6650. That's one of Kelly's favorite sounds. No, no. <laughs> it's terrible. Hi, I'm Amanda Boychesco, driver of the AT. That's so funny because I was yeah. just texting her in a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about, so I scheduled a dentist appointment on my birthday. So she's like, oh, oh that's like, awesome. I- like what the hell's wrong with me? She goes, I like my dentist. I said, you must have perfect hygiene, or you get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> because I hate the dentist. And the funny thing is, this is like the worst. So I scheduled. So back in May. Oh no, she just said he's really good. Okay, so that's, so she's got a good dentist. And mine's not bad either. I just hate dentists. But anyway, so this is like a funny quick story. So back in May, I went to the dentist. And I got my teeth cleaned and everything. No, no cavity. No. Okay, cool. You know, fist bump. See you later. Peace out. Okay, would you like to schedule your appointment for six months from now? Yeah, sure. So, you know, May, November. Without knowing, she goes, how about November 15th? And I chuckled, like, thinking, yeah, you, you would pick that, that date, wouldn't you? And I said, that's funny. That's my birthday. She goes, Oh my God, I'm sorry. We won't do it on your birthday. I said, you know what? Let's have it on my birthday. Because, hey, I'll remember it, and I still remember it, you know, even though I barely wrote it down. I think I changed phones or whatever, so it was gone. So, but it, and I scheduled a couple other appointments. I scheduled my eye doctor's appointment. Luckily, I'm finishing the day with a nice massage. <laughs> Thanks to Don. <laughs> so, that's my plan. Go to all my doctor's appointments in one day. <laughs> on my birthday. But the cool thing is they'll always do everything time they ask, they ask for your birthday. So when you tell them today, they'll wish you happy birthday. So, you know, I'm a little bit of a birthday whore. 
Like, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't know about you. You are just not yeah. right. That's eh, all right. I like hey, you. Yes. I'm good. I'm smart enough. <laughs> there you go. We all like you. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is what it's going to, uh, November 15th, this will be what Kelly's going to be doing when she gets up in the morning. Yeah. And the worst is the appointment at like 8.45 in the morning. Hey, Luckily, just take you out the rest up. of the day. Well, that, yeah, well, that's when, like, the appointments start. So I have to give myself, like, a couple like a couple hours wiggle room or half an hour wiggle room. So hopefully if one goes late, I'm in big trouble. This is going to all be for naught. <laughs> but that's the one thing. Oh. I, just, yeah, I just figured I'll just jump in the car, leave. The good thing is, is Don will definitely be out of the house way before me. So I'll be not, you know. He'll be out and waking up early and probably wake me up in the process. So, or the cat will wake me up. So that's how that works. So, cat's good like that. I think I think we got I think we pissed our cat off being gone for a week. Oh, see, mine doesn't get pissed off. He won't leave you alone. He's just like like when we leave him, we go racing. He's just like comes back and then try to go to PetSmart and like. Now, I'm sure you took care of your cat. You got a feeder or whatever, like whether you had somebody come in or you had an automatic feeder. You made sure that your cat ate, correct? Oh, yeah. We had somebody staying here. Oh, so even better. Okay. Like, we leave Waylon occasionally. You know, we leave Waylon. Sometimes Don's parents come and stop and check in on him, but we don't want to impose. So, you know, he has a feeder, and we give him food, and he's fine. Well, you go to the store. So me and Don decide, you know what? We're not, the gravity feeder ain't working anymore. We got to get an automatic feeder because he eats everything. He like hoards it and then he pukes it up and then we have to deal with that when we get home. Plus then he doesn't. Oh, that sounds so familiar. Oh yeah. So we end up going to PetSmart to get an automatic feeder. And if they don't make me feel like such a criminal, my God, it's like, I'm looking for an automatic feeder for when we're not with the cat. Well, they look at you like you are the worst parent in the entire world. Like, how dare you leave your cat by himself? Like, sorry. Right. Like, literally, my cat has been home for a couple hours. Yeah. I've been home for a couple hours. The cat hasn't left the sofa yet. I mean, he's, I know, you know, Waylon's a big Eagles fan, so I know he's just waiting for me to come so we can sit down and watch the Eagles game when the show's over. I'm sure that's the only deal. He's just making sure my spot's warm for me and all that stuff. I get it. I appreciate it. He's a good cat like that. But, you know, <laughs> he really has been self-sufficient. <laughs> now, the only thing we have to worry about is the dog. So I'll make sure she goes yeah. out at least three times a day. I mean, we got three mm-hmm. cats. We got a turtle. We got the dog. Dog's the only <laughs> yeah. high-maintenance yeah. one. <laughs> Well, you know, only if every pet on the planet could be like our turtle, life would be great. <laughs> yeah, the turtle. 
Yeah, I, I would think that the turtle would be the most self, you know, self-sufficient. Like, I mean, I'm yep. assuming he's not a water turtle. He just like has some rocks and stuff. Uh, he's got a little bit of everything. He's got a flo- oh, okay. floating island, and uh, he just chills out on that. Gets his sun when he's ready, and uh, you know, you feed him. He tries to tear your finger off, and you're all set. You know, everything's great. Oh, so he's, so he's got a little bit of an attitude. You know, don't bite the hand. Oh, yeah. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. So we've had, yeah. we found him when Elijah was a baby. You found he was him? A, he was about the size. Yeah, he was in the parking lot, a place I worked at. Um, he was about the size of a quarter. And now he's about uh, probably the size of the back of my fist. What the hell? Yeah, about the size of a pie plate. Actually. Dear God! Hold on. Like Hold on. Up there. Are we measuring him? My phone fell over. Uh, oh. about, yeah, about the size of a tea plate. Ah, okay. That's, that's that impressive. Than a pie plate, but yeah, he's cool. He's got this little pointy thing, and he tries to rip your fingers off when you get near him. But he's other than that, he's pretty cool. He's a feral turtle. Yeah. <laughs> He'll sit there and stare at you and wave his little his little paws around, his little flippers around, because he knows you're coming in when he, when you walk into Elijah's bedroom, when you walk over to the tank, he knows that means it's time to be fed. And he'll sit there and stare at you and flip his little paws around and you feed him, and then he sits there and be, like begs for more, and more and more and more and even more until you just put it away. Well, that's how he got to be the size of a quarter. Or now, well, he went from the size of a quarter to the size of a teacup. Plate. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, oh well, it's all good. All right. So, more results. Okay, let's move now to the East Coast. There were two big races over the weekend in our neck of the woods. Well, more so my neck of the woods. So the East Coast Stock Super Stock um, Association had their last races of the year. Um, Saturday's race, race four, was won by Joe Machi over Angelo DiCiacco. Um And race number five on Sunday was won by Lee Zane over Joe Lisa. And with Lee winning on Sat or Sunday, I'm sorry, he is the for the third year in a row is the East Coast Stock Super Stock champion. Queens champion. So congratulations to Lee. And um that pretty much finished off that weekend. Again, um, also, I didn't find full results, but I do know that Daniel Lafredo, they had an index race there, too, and Daniel Lafredo won 10 indexes. Congratulations to her. I'm sure she's – I'd love to see how many how many uh, different um, uh, tracks she wins points at because that's impressive. So, um, we, she is so, no longer known as – Dana Lafredo, she is now known as the cupcake girl who wins all the time. Yeah. So, 
actually, you know, let's let's see if we can round her out and find out. See if we can get an answer to that question. Hmm. How many how many track championships are you gonna win this year, Dana? <laughs> yeah. How many different tracks have you won at? Let's see. Let's see. She's probably at work, would, but let's see. I would I would venture to guess that she's probably won at every class. That, or, I'm I'm venture to guess that she has won at every track that she has signed up for points at this year. So. Well, while you do that, I will... Tracks. Go ahead. I'm just, Mom, I'm talking to myself. Okay. okay. Well, while we're, while you're doing that, I will uh, wrap up the results for the week uh, because there was not much... Unfortunately, we almost need to move this right, this uh, lovely show to Tuesday because no results come out on Monday anymore. I don't know why. Luckily, thanks to Facebook, well, Lee's, or, uh, but, but Dave Lay posted his results. So I appreciate that. And um, the Door Wars guys, the promotion, guys, the promotional guys actually had a really good Facebook page. They had a lot of live videos and all the results and everything for the um, Door Wars at Maple Grove. So um, let us go to the $5,000 race on Friday. That was won by Scott Embley over Mike LaRose. Scott's transmit. Oh, that was sponsored by Givler Trailer Sales, by the way. Um, Scott's Transmission Center 10K on Saturday. Matt Riqueza over Paul Tim Jr. Shorty for anybody else who may know Shorty. Um, and C2 Converters, seven, oh, sorry, $7,500 race on Sunday was won by Joe Theodore over Chris Gonyer. So, Gonyer, I'm not sure, but... Um, yeah, congratulations to all those guys. And these, I mean, this is footbreak racing, but this was some tight racing in the finals and dead on races. So it was a very good race. Um, I heard there was, um, I didn't get final numbers and stuff. So, but it sounded like it was pretty well contested. So hopefully the word of mouth gets out there and they have another race again next year because it sounds like. It went well, and like I said, the marketing on Facebook was spectacular. There was a lot of live stuff, so, you know, hopefully it got people to come because, you know, I I like races coming to Maple Grove because that's my home track, and it's nice to see people coming to see how cool the track is because I think sometimes Maple Grove can get a bad rep, but, you know, I think this race went very smoothly, it seems. So I'm hoping next year it'll just grow. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like we were talking about the outlaw racing earlier. I went a few weeks ago to my very first no time eighth mile yep. outlaw style. And I'll tell you what, I actually, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a lot of fun. I was, I was surprised. I wasn't sure what to expect walking in the gate, but I had a great time and, I I think it's cool. Mhm. No, it's so. you know it again it goes back to this you know racer friendly versus you know uh, people you know uh, spectator friendly and it seems like you know those races are very spectator friendly and they're easy you know for a, you know a spectator to come in and get and. You know, if you have the rules and stuff, and they don't even need to know what the rules exactly mean or anything. If it just provides, you know, 
good side-by-side racing. That's the important thing. Yep. And it's, it's interesting. We, uh, of course, we all know who Kyle Coltrera is. He's, you know, one of the best um, bracket racers, you know, from up here in the Northeast. But I got to mm-hmm. say, a young man that's given him a run for I think, or I think he's going to give him a good run for his money in the door car side of things is um, Brandon Karaguzian. So he's got a 11-second um, Malibu, you know, street slash pro ET style car. And he also has a um, legal stock eliminator Malibu wagon. And I got a feeling you're going to start hearing a lot more from this kid um, I know him, I know his dad and his sister, and uh, I think next year is going to be a truly breakout season for him. He picked up a championship, I believe it was just in Street Eliminator at New England Dragway. I'd have to double check. Um, they haven't posted everything um, for sure. Um, but guaranteed next year, you're going to hear a lot more about him. Mm-hmm. No, that'll be, I mean, hey, we're very welcomed to, you know, we're very welcoming and, you know, anything. I mean, we all just, we want our, everybody wants their class for whatever to grow. Like just, you know, we talk about, you know, Rob, we have Rob come on here and stuff and, you know, he asks for opinions and things like that. And my answer is always what will bring cars in. I don't even care if it if I lose a part of an advantage that I may have. If it brings more cars in, that is more important to me because I can get an advantage back. I can. It makes me just work harder, you know. So yep. if you know, if it does something, you know, we talk about you know different trees and things like that. It's like okay, well maybe if we made it the tree faster, it would be an advantage to me. But if it makes two or three people leave or maybe not entice a couple other cars to come, it ain't going to work for me. It ain't going to, you know, I can get that advantage back. It's just going to make me hit the tree harder, make, you know, practice better, focus more, you know. But work I mean, it. Yeah, just make it work it. So, you know, anything that can bring, you know, more people into the class and everybody feels the same way because, you know, it, it only benefits. I mean, Maybe if you're in a qualified class, you know, maybe you can't step up. Maybe you don't want more people coming in. But, you know, really in general, it, it just makes it, – it, it makes a class better. It makes it more competitive, makes it more fun, makes the payout better. So, yeah, wherever – and, you know, good racer is a good racer, and wherever he goes, I'm sure he's going to succeed. Yep, absolutely. So – Whatever, whatever they can do to get more people in, whatever they can do to get more cars, whatever they can do to get more spectators, it's all about the show. I for everybody found for, really for this. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no, I was going to say, I found a very interesting tidbit from Brian Lones. He just said, that, well, this is actually the other day, but he said, the mil- so we're just talking about car counts and things. The million had 627 cars first round for their 25 grander. Now, this was from... Friday, so this is why this why it's only the 25 grander. There were 627 cars first round. Um, apparently, up in your hood, New England Dragway had hundreds of diesel trucks and a couple thousand people for a Friday night test and tune. PDRA down at Virginia had f- nearly 400 cars. Um, there's also 400 cars at the St. Louis D3 event. 
Then there is the RTRA, which I'm not really sure what that is. Um, there, oh, it's a radial, radial drag racing association. It's packed with some of the baddest radial cars on, in the world. No time there, or no numbers there, but, um, you know, just th- those are, you know, those were the big races that we talked about and there's a lot of cars, you know, and yep. I don't, I think, and he said, you know, they, he said, you know, he was talking about people making that statement, dry racing is a dying sport. I think it's, you know, I don't, you know, obviously he didn't agree with it. I don't agree with it. Really now it's just diversified. You can go to more places. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, somebody that has a top sportsman car that is between Virginia and St. Louis and was just not sure where to go. And you just, unfortunately, you split them a little bit. But, you know, it's definitely, there was definitely stuff to do. And there was definitely full amount of, you know, full fields and all that this past weekend. So anytime you see maybe four times go down, it may not be necessarily that. Yeah, I mean, just had something else to do, like PRA. It's like we've talked about a lot on this show, on this show on Monday night specifically. Mm-hmm. Open your mind up. There's a whole lot of other stuff going on in the world. We're racing mm-hmm. world. You know, don't just be um, tunnel vision. Say, okay, well, mm-hmm. I can't race my whatever, my, and I'm not bagging on the stock eliminator guys or the super stock guys. Just that's the mm-hmm. first thing that usually pops into my head. All right, well, there's no Lucas Oil race this weekend, so there's no sense in dragging the um, stalker out of the garage putting it in the trailer. Oh, wait a minute. There's two grand to win at X racetrack. Mm-hmm. What the hell? 50 bucks to get in? Let's go. No, and I know some of these stockers have really intricate motors and stuff, but, you know, and, I mean, you still see, I see, you know, I see some, like, local stock limiter, you know, racers. They were, you know, I saw some at Door Wars. So, I guess it's sort of just, you know, there are the purists that don't want to run their stock eliminator motor at a foot brake race because maybe that's beneath them. But... You know, and then there may be just people that are saying, I spent a lot of money on this motor. Well, then, maybe if you spent a lot of money on that, maybe you could afford something that you could, like, swap motors or something. I don't know. I mean, this is me talking from a completely different standpoint of I run a super street car. So, I'm sure, and I'm sure some of those class racers look down on me for that, but that's a whole other story for a whole other time. Let, all right, let's use your car. Let's use your Super Street car as as an example, just purely as an example. You run okay. Super Street. You run yep. Super Gas. You yep. have a dual purpose car. If you really wanted to, you could un- you could flip the switch and shut that throttle stop off and go race Super Pro, which you have done, and just absolutely yep. let it rip, let it all hang out, and say, all right, well, mm-hmm. screw it. I'm here. I'm gonna have fun. Whatever happens, happens. And, and actually, you know, most tracks, you can run the throttle stop in, in Super Pro, which I do just because the car is set up to run Super, you know, run Super Street. And I don't know if I take the, you know, throttle stop off what it will do. It's, it's very specialized. And I've worked very hard to have it specialized in a, as a throttle stop car. And I'm sure with a little, some tweaks and some weight certain places and some other things, 
I could probably make it a pretty decent Super Pro car. But for now, it's like when I run Super Pro, I just I, I burp it on the throttle stop, just sort of get it down the track. Because I tried to run it almost flat out once, and it just it, with this motor, it just wasn't a fan. I I I remember the very first time I asked um, Pete Sanka, what would happen if you shut the the stop off on your uh, Vega Super Street car? He goes, it'd end up on its roof. It was yeah. gonna flip right over, just like a just like a a dog wanting its belly rubbed. So it's funny that you say that because so Don has a very similar car. Don's is a truck that put that he put windows in, but. When we were at Pink's All Out, there is nothing. No throttle stops, no nothing. So we turn we turn the throttle stops off. So Don's like, I got to figure out how to do this. He's like, I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, no, wait, we're just, this thing's going to try to flip itself. And we're like, oh, chip it down, do this, do that. And he's like, you guys don't understand. Like, you, this is going to do it. So I'm standing behind him on one of the runs. And it's funny because it doesn't instant wheel stand. It just gradually goes up, 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 and it's actually made it on the show, like on one of the, you know, things where they flash through cars and stuff, and you can see him doing it, and he's up in the air, and I watched him, and the worst was when he um, he sort of did it, and he was on the bumper, and then he's like, if it goes near the wall, I'll stop, and he did not go, he sort of just kept the wind kept pushing him toward the wall, but he wasn't lifting and it scared the crap out of me, but he's just like that. But, you know, he just had to pedal it. And unfortunately it wasn't a kind of race that you had to worry about consistency so much. So he just sort of pedaled it and was done. But yeah, I mean, it was sort of like the last time we ever ran it flat out because it doesn't like running flat out. Like it, you like Pete that it will flip over on its end. (laughs) But it was very funny to watch him. Attempt to not do that. <laughs> Ride him, cowboy. Mhm. No, it was, and that was the worst part because he goes, "If it if it gets toward the wall, I'm gonna lift." And then like the wind was pushing him, and I'm like, "Okay, lift, 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 lift." <laughs> I'm like yelling at him, and he's like in the car, and like my uncle's like. Hey, here's some advice from one small black driver to another. <laughs> one super guy, small black driver to another. He strike the brake a little bit. So he, that worked better. And, I mean, he had a good run. He went like 890 with it. Or eight, what is it? it was like 899, 9 or something. It was great, but it was in the 8. It was so funny. But it was, yeah, it's, it oh, definitely is an 8. But not on the bumper at that point. But I know at one point, it's funny because by the time it went past the tool bag that used to run that show, he didn't notice that it was on the wheel cool stand, bag. but like his like crummy guy was like, "Oh my god, the bumper!" I just go, I just start laughing at that point because I'm just like, "This d bag doesn't even what's going on." Oh, this tool bag, that was good. Okay, all I can think about is him and that motorcycle. Oh, I know that was funny. You've seen that episode, right? When he jumped on the motorcycle and crashed oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because somebody bounced off the wall or something, and yeah, he went down to check <laughs> on him. <laughs> and you know, yeah, and yeah, I, I, I think get... hmm? what, what yeah, he goes, for one thing, he he high sides it essentially. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. 
And I, and I this take this is a textbook example of how to make a complete ass out of yourself on national TV. Oh, yeah. And he did. No. And I mean, and, and I can totally wrap this around what we were just talking about, too. That, the cra- I, I, and I mentioned it last week on this show, I think. I, that was the biggest crowd I've ever been in front of. And I have been in a, like, down to, like, you know, <clears throat> eight cars at a national event on a Sunday, like, in the middle of the day when all the, you know, which is probably, like, the highest amount of time you're going to see, you know, they're going to sit, you know, the crowd's going to be sitting there. And I. All right, let me, let me throw this question at you. Mm-hmm. You've, you've run national events, you've run divisional events, you've run weekend bracket races, and you've run mm-hmm. Pink's All Out. What brought the crowd in? Pink's All Out? Excuse me, in your opinion. Yeah. Pink's All What brought Pink's All Out? The TV, that it's a TV show. And you can be flipping through the channels, and at any time back then on speed, you could pretty much sit down and find that show. And if you couldn't How find about, it, you what do you think brought the crowd brought the crowd to the track though? All hmm. out, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think marketing. I think I believe, if I remember correctly, like Maple Grove did a lot of marketing for it. It was on their website. It was everywhere, and I'm sure. The racers, I mean, it was, God, I forget how many racers were there. You know, there was, those racers probably said, hey, I'm going to be on Pink's All Out. Oh, I'm going to see on Pink's All Out. So they brought friends, and they brought crew, and they brought this and that, and they all want to go. You know, I think it was just well marketed. The show, I mean, say what we want about the the douchebag that crashed on his, you know, on the barred bike. He knew how to market that show. He absolutely knew how to market so yep. that's, so that's a lot the thing. Of and that's what said. I really don't think he was I think he fully admitted he was not a car guy, but he was a promoter. If I remember correctly, I believe that's he had actually admitted that at one point. I, 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 mean, I think you're right. I think I've heard that. I've heard somebody else say that before. Mhm. So very interesting. It is. It is, and I don't know if there's one answer, and, and people like to, you know, we like to sit here and play armchair quarterback, and there, we all bring up some great ideas, but I don't know if if it's one thing necessarily or a mix of many things or just things beyond our control or what. And you just – the good thing is, is that I, I I hope that my kind of racing will continue for a while and it doesn't necessarily is not necessarily dependent on fans watching me. Usually we're the filler and I'm okay with that. Alright, let me ask you one more question. Because I think all our results are done, correct? Yeah, we're done. We're just we're just ripping, hanging out. We're just rapping we're just rapping. Mm-hmm. We're rapping as they as the cool people mm-hmm. say. We're just sitting here rapping. Now exactly. Texas was last weekend. The big mm-hmm. conversation before I went on vacation was what is going to happen with Pro Stock? Tell me what came of that meeting that they had, if you know. Uh, you know, and I, I and I'm not just saying this because you know I was not sworn to secrecy or whatever. And my dad knows people. We don't know a damn thing to happen. It has been very. I've been online 
you know, I, I don't, you know, there's websites and, but I don't think there, there's really no definitive good source to find out news about ProStock. You know, you got like your Nitromator, but I feel that's more fan based and it's, there's also a lot of speculation on there and people that want to, you know, throw rumors out there. Class Racer, I didn't the see anything right on there. The conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah. I didn't really see anything on Class Racer, didn't see anything really on Facebook. I mean, you know, and I've been around some friends, you know, in the past couple of days, and including my dad. I spent the whole Saturday with him, and he didn't, and I think I even mentioned it early, like the other day, like, hey, do we hear anything? And he's like, I didn't hear anything. So it's it's sort of weird. It's it, it's very hush-hush. I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe NHRA asked them to all keep it hush-hush until something gets announced. Maybe, you know, they didn't, you know, maybe they're still waiting to hear back a response from them. Maybe they just, you know, here's, you know, put it out on the table. And maybe NHRA didn't really say anything. I'm not, you know, unfortunately, I haven't heard anything. And I don't know if that's good or bad news. Um, I don't know. Unfortunately, I mean, the, the, the letter that NHRA wrote, uh, you know, and Rob read it on the show a couple weeks ago, and it was kind of, you know, it's like, you didn't try and it just seemed like legalese for let's try to make sure nobody can, you know, sue us just like what happened with the pro stock truck team. And that seems to be, and the funny thing is with pro stock truck, and this was something I brought up the other day, pro stock truck was growing and they got rid of them. So what was that? You know, and, and I, and I, I wholeheartedly believe, and this is just me. And this is just from what I saw back then and whatever. It seemed as though the nitro categories weren't loving sharing the TV time with another pro team. Because basically they were getting, you know, back then, everybody was getting pretty equal time, at least more equal time. I mean, I think they always had, you know, the nitro categories always had probably a little bit more TV time. But, you know, when, you know, now pro stock you know, is barely mentioned, you know, barely shown. And so it was pro stock bike. And at the time, you know, having to share it with three classes where they were giving them pretty decent TV plan, you know, TV deal, uh, you know, the nitro categories weren't loving that. So they got rid of pro stock truck, which was crazy because it was, it was such a growing class. It was, it kept growing and growing and growing. And right. yeah, it's, and you know, I don't, and in this case, okay, now you haven't marketed them, and that's the thing. And that, like I said, I feel like it's legally you have a class that was dying versus a class that was growing, and the same fate is is seeming to occur. You know, or at least their end game is all the same to basically have pro stock sort of end itself without having to go through any litigation of killing the class in the first place. So, and again, this is all just my opinion. This has, you know, I, this is from what I've read, learned, all that things through the years. And it's just been, it, it's a shame because I do love pro stock. I feel bad that it's at this point right now because we've had, 
We had David Ramsey on. We had Tom Martino on. We've had guys that ran pro stock. And back then when they were running, it was highly competitive. It was great. I enjoyed it very much. And it seemed like. I mean, you you grew up, you yourself grew up in the heart of probably one of the best times in pro stock. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You you were right on the, you, you grew up on the pulse of pro stock at that time, you know, with yeah. where your dad, where and who your dad worked with and for, and, you know, yeah. you being there. Yeah. No, I feel like we were sort of on the tail end of it, but I always loved pro stock even before my dad was do- working on the rotors. So back, you know, I would say probably mid-90s to mid-2000s, that 10-year span was a great, you know, great 10 years in there you had many many people vying for you know for 16 spots any of the 16 could win i mean you're separating first and 16th by a couple hundredths of a second and it's coming down to trees and reaction times and hole shots and all that and you had you know the other thing is and you know back then man you had wj he was the man and like the staging battles and things like that I love that. And I know some people weren't the biggest fan of the staging battles, but I thought they were always fun. And, you know, there was some rivalries in there, and I enjoyed that. But, you know, it, 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 it's gone away. The cars are... Yeah, it was WJ versus the world. I was. And, Essentially. You know, and, and before that, even... And the funny thing is, is even before that... And, okay, so maybe... Okay, let's talk about... Okay. Before probably mid-year last year, when the fuel injection came out, we had, you know, the Summit guys. You know, we had Jason and Greg basically dominating. Did that hurt the sport? I'm not sure. If you want to go, you know, check, you know, precedence, we'll look in the 80s. Basically, it was Bob Glidden versus the world. And Bob Glidden dominated. But it didn't seem to hurt the class. I'm not sure of specifics but i mean obviously the class grew kept moving along you know maybe these days people don't have that money to throw at it and maybe back then being second to glidden was just sort of you know the deal as long as you were second to glidden you it was just like super street before before this year and you were second to keith mayer's you were doing something because Keith Mayers went on a dominance for three years. So it was sort of like the Bob Glidden of super street racing. So again, you know, you can sort of make an argument for a lot of different things that are going on right now. And you can probably have back, you know, a good background for any of it and say, you know, this is my point. You know, this is what I'm basing my opinion on. You can probably find good precedents on it, and you can probably find good precedents on the complete opposite. And it's just, I, I don't know. And I don't know how to fix pro stock. I feel like NHRA is acting like they've done more. I don't think that they did. I feel like, if anything, they've been slowly pushing them away for a while and making sure that the big corporate sponsors in the Nitro categories are getting as much TV time as possible. Uh, you know, i.e., why you don't see corporate sponsors on pro stock cars. One of the probably the many reasons why you don't see that. 
yeah, when we find out if if there's any results or any or you know any result of that meeting, we will have them here on this show or on the Wednesday night show. But as of right now, I have heard nothing. Oh, I'm I'm sending you something. This is one of the things that's wrong with the universe right here. Hold on. There you go. And that's not a typo on my part. Huh. Um, yeah, and I, I know somebody who sells them um, that we me, me and you both know. And um, uh, you, I am one, okay, so I am one to definitely buy something in hopes that if I buy it, hopefully I'll win more races and that thing will pay for itself. I know last year my motor paid for itself. I had a very good year. I'm very, I was very fortunate that when I had to build a motor in the middle of the year, I won enough that it basically offset it. However, that is a lot of money to offset. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) But if that will make people win races and make them more consistent and they have the money, they will spend money. doesn't matter how stupid, frivolous, or whatever, people want to win. You don't go out there. I feel like... There was, back in the day, there was, I'm sure there was a lot of racers that just wanted to go out and have fun. I'm just here to have fun. Well, these days, um, these days, the economy is a little down, so people don't just usually go out to have fun. And, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we'll have fun, and if I win, great. If, it's, if I don't, it's okay. That's what I mean. You know, I'm out there to have fun, yes, but I'm also out there to bring a, you know, to bring a win home, Okay. And and whatever it takes for me to do that within my power, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm not going to cheat, but I'm going to, you know, if, if it means that if I can afford something and that thing can make me better, I'm going to buy it. If, right. you know, spend a little bit of time here. But, there, but sometimes that mentality can get preyed upon. Oh, buy this. It's only X amount of dollars and... You know, you'll have you'll you'll win every race that you never even thought exactly. about entering. Yeah, but again, we're all human. So I mean, the dry the car can be perfect, but if you have a crappy light, you can't hit that bu- you know let go of the button at the right time. You can have all the cool things in the world. You can have all the grids. You can have all the suspension pieces, anything in the world, whatever you want. You can't hit the tree if you can't concentrate, if you can't do the right thing down top end, it really don't matter. Right. I just I was I just happened to be strolling through um stuff and I stumbled across it. I was like, holy crap. Oh yeah. No, it's I, I'm not surprised by that. I definitely have seen that stuff, and people will do it. Yeah. And now, those are electronic. I'm, those are electronic, correct? I am not sure. Um, they look a little funny. Um, I would love to have somebody on to discuss them. 
Let's do, uh, we have we have lots of uh, maybe I'll contact our mutual friend. Okay. So. Do you know what mutual friend I'm talking about? Um, I well, hold on. Um, no. <laughs> uh, I love that we're doing this on air. No, I got that from somebody else. Ah, uh, okay. I believe so. You may want to check that, but I believe that is the deal. Yeah. I will. I will. Uh, I will look into that. Yeah. And yes, you, we're doing this yeah. to keep you all in suspense and people off, people out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Especially <laughs> us. <laughs> we don't want to incriminate people, but again, yeah. hey, I'm sure. And including ourselves. Is, yeah. I'm sure this is also even more prevalent in the class racing where, you know, okay, we're just, we're trying to go nineties and we're trying to be consistent, but like something, you know, that is, you know, you're trying to win class, you're trying to win heads up. I am sure there is some crazy stuff that is in class racing of, you know, Oh, buy this and you can pick up a couple tenths or, you know, you can, Things like that, I'm sure, are very popular in the class racing and any of them. I mean, I believe that some of this, I mean, my dad has told told me stories, and again, I'm going to be real shady because I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about, but there there were things that people did back in the day, and they probably eventually got caught for them where they'd see them and just say, whoa, that's you know, not everybody can do that. Let's let's not do that. So right. I mean, it's you know, it's a certain part that maybe somebody got their hand, hands on, and maybe it may not be like unsafe or anything, but maybe it's just out of control price range. So you end up saying, you know what? Let's just have a little bit more of an equal playing field. Right. Mhm. Uh. All right. So, I would like to obviously say thank you very much for you, Kelly, taking yeah, care of everything back. last Monday night. And uh, we're, we're, we're coming, we're, we're like three weeks from the close of uh, Kelly's radio career for this season. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. And say, would um, you uh, consider coming back and joining us in 2018? It would be my pleasure. You will have to kick me out, or I'm going to have to say something even <laughs> more inappropriate than what I've ever said before in my life to ever get kicked <laughs> off this show. So you're going to have to drag me out. I would be more than happy to continue into 2018 and beyond, and I appreciate the vote of confidence. Well, it's it's been a pleasure having you on. Like I said, we're we're about three weeks out from the end of her season, and she gets a few months off. Of course, she'll be kind of yep. randomly joining us here and there. Um, sure. Next Monday night, we're going to be starting an hour later because I have a ceremony that I have to attend from 5.30 to 7. Um, mm. the, the why. 
So we will be back next Monday night at 8 o'clock. And I'm sending that picture to uh, the one that I sent you the name of. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. we'll be back Wednesday night with myself, uh, Mike, and whoever wants to come on and hang out with us. I'm going to be making a few phone calls. I just I didn't I didn't get a chance to get stuff lined up because well I wasn't here last week so maybe I'm a slacker but that's okay I can deal with it. It's okay. It was it, we got to catch up on some different stuff. I, I I apologize for not trying to line somebody up this week. I couldn't believe how many I got last week. It was actually pretty impressive for throwing it together on Friday on Monday afternoon. I'm still shocked. But, well, yeah, for those nice who don't know, healthy. usually, usually that's what I do on su- on Sunday. I'm sitting here, I'm watching the results, and that's why I don't post the results anymore. Because I sit there and yeah. I look at them, look at them, going, "Okay, so and so won that. Okay, go get it. Go, go, hold on, I gotta go to Facebook, see if they're on Facebook, and then get them lined up." So usually that's what I do. But yeah. again, Kelly was able. Kelly scored a direct hit and got it done. So awesome yeah. job as always. Thank you. I try. So we'll be back Wednesday night with Wheels Up Radio. And, again, like I said, next Monday night with the weekend wrap-up show um, starting at 8 o'clock. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, checking us out. Oh, one more thing before we do go, though. Can you please tell everybody about that amazing song that we played at the beginning of our show tonight? Thought you would never ask, yes. So. The song, if you were listening at the top of the show, and I don't know, maybe uh, Chris will play it at the end of the show just to, just to preface it, you know, or bookend it, whatever you want to call it. That song was called One Last Ride from PJ North. He is a friend of the show. It is his newest bracket rack, bracket rap I've never <laughs> seen. Good bra- well, I like that I used to call it a bracket trap or something, like, you know, like trap, like some like rap song, like trap queen or what? I don't even know what was wrong with me, but anyway. My trap queen. Okay, never mind. So anyway, so that is his newest bracket rap song, and if you like it, all you gotta do is go on to your downloading website of choice. For me, it's Spotify. Some cases, maybe Google Play, maybe um, iTunes, whatever. Download, buy, stream, whatever you got to do. Download, you know, get his newest EP. It's called um, If This Is It. There's about six songs on it. They're all great. I like um, I, I like The Way You Drink, and I like um, There's Always Vegas. So, I mean, there's not a bad song in the whole thing. I do. I do like it. And if you get into, like, like, I know how Spotify is. Like, you can just, like, start listening to just all PJ Norris stuff. He doesn't have a bad song in the bunch, like any of the songs he's ever, um, you know, produced or, you know, created. They're awesome. So go on there. Um, send him a um, – or actually, no. Post a screenshot of you listening to it. Uh, tag him. Then send him um, an I, or an, you know, private message with your name and your email and – what he will do, I believe that's all the info. He'll he'll send to you. he'll ask you if you need any more. But anyway, you send him all that info, and he sends you a code for a free download to the Bragger Up song. 
which is entitled One Last Ride. And I will say, I like all of his bracket rap songs. This is a good one. Very, very excited to listen to this. And uh, like guys, you know, like you hear in the beginning of it, it gets you pumped up because any racer, anybody that's a racer, this is exactly what you do. Like I, I get the felt the cinch. I check my gloves. I have a little picture of me and Don. I give him, I give him a kiss. Not that that's in the song. <laughs> I can't roll my neck because I'm a Hans device. <laughs> but other than that, I totally get the song. <laughs> All right. Well, let me click this little button. This is Kelly's favorite button right here on Monday nights. And then scroll down. Hello. I know it's tough. Where where is it? There it is. How did? There we go. Okay. Clickety click. PJ North. One last ride. This is that feeling that you get right before you pull into the water box or right after you do your burnout. Check them straps. Roll your neck a little bit. Take a couple deep breaths. You bumping it in. And you let go. Well, it's the top of the bottom and you know you crushed it. You get the 500 foot out and you start beating the pedal out of that thing. You get to the finish line. You lock them, drop them. Whatever you do. Flip it. 
miss my spot. I go play great golf on you pros. You won't ever catch my drop. And our car soon is talking. We don't hear that keyboard noise. Don't test me or I'll smoke them. You'll have to throw me out like I'm an image boy. I was born to break the light. And I don't know much else. I know an undertaker and a money maker who will load you up if you need some Welcome back. Why can't we all just get along?